The following is a broadcast brought to you from the Church Fellowship of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and welcome to Shear Jeshub, which in Hebrew means, A Remnant Shall Return. We have been listening to a Through the Bible series taught by my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, with a focus on the topic of heavenly authority. The current sermon is background information on the first location for the Ark and Tabernacle in Israel, the town of Shiloh in Ephraim. An understanding of how God chose Shiloh will be key to us understanding certain principles on heavenly authority as we move into the book of 1 Samuel. To do this, Pastor Greg has discussed the rights and privileges of the firstborn son and how those rights, including the double portion, had passed not to Jacob's firstborn Reuben, who sinned against his father, but instead to the good son Joseph and his descendants. Although according to First Chronicles and the book of Micah, the prophesied ruler will come from the tribe of Judah. Now let's rejoin Pastor Greg in the Sunday Sermon. So a ruler would come from Judah... A ruler would come from Bethlehem in Judah. A ruler would come to Israel who was eternal, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. So Messiah would have to come from Judah. But what does it say? The birthright was Joseph's, the right of the firstborn. Reuben loses it because of what he did. Joseph gains it because of what he did. So then you go back to Genesis chapter 48. 49 was the deathbed, but just before the deathbed, Jacob calls Joseph before him. And in Genesis chapter 48, Genesis chapter 48 and verse 1, now it came to pass after these things that Joseph was told, indeed your father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. These are the sons Joseph had in Egypt. And remember, Manasseh is the oldest, Ephraim is the youngest. And Jacob, their grandfather, was told, Look, your son Joseph is coming to you. And Israel strengthened himself and sat up on the bed. Then Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you. And I will make of you a multitude of people and give this land to your descendants after you as an everlasting possession. And now, your two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt, are mine. As Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. Your offspring whom you beget after them shall be yours, and they will be called by the name of their brothers in their inheritance. What is he doing here? What is he doing? He's taking the two sons of Joseph, his son, and he's making them Ephraim and Manasseh as though they're his. Just as though they were Reuben or Simeon, they're in the same place as Joseph's brothers. Now, any other children Joseph has, he says, they're going to be accounted by their brothers' names. So they'll be of the tribe of Ephraim or Manasseh. He's not going to give them more than this. But rather than having one tribe for Joseph, 
you now have two tribes, right? Two tribes, Ephraim and Manasseh. So he gives Joseph the double portion. He gives him the right of the firstborn son. What we read in 1 Chronicles chapter 5 is really done over here in Genesis chapter 48 because he takes two that should inherit one portion, right, as Joseph's sons, and he gives them each a share as though they moved up a generation and they were his own sons. And so Joseph, through his two sons, gets the double portion. He gets the right of the firstborn. Then any other children he has will have to go in underneath the other two sons because they get two tribes in Israel rather than just one. He gets the double portion. He gets the right of the firstborn. And you read on in verse 8, Then Israel saw Joseph's sons and said, Who are these? And Joseph said to his father, They are my sons, whom God has given me in this place. And he said, Please bring them to me, and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim with age. And you see like a little bit of a repeat here of Jacob with his father Isaac, whose eyes were dim with age, so that he could not see. And Joseph brought them near him, and he kissed them and embraced them. So the grandfather kisses his two grandsons. And Israel said to Joseph, I had not thought to see your face, but in fact God has also shown me your offspring. So Joseph brought them from beside his knee, and he bowed down with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim with his right hand, toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh with his left hand towards Israel's right hand, and brought them there. So he's pushing Manasseh toward the right hand of Jacob. Because when he blesses them, the right hand of Jacob will be on Joseph's firstborn, who is Manasseh. Then Israel stretched out his right hand, he crosses his hands, and he laid it on Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand on Manasseh's head, guided his hands knowingly. So this is being done not by trickery, but by willful intent by Jacob, the old prophet Israel. He knows of Joseph, who's getting the right of the firstborn, which of his sons God desires to be as the firstborn. And it's not Manasseh, rather it's Ephraim. And he crosses his hands over. His right hand goes on Ephraim's head, who was younger, his left hand on Manasseh's head, guiding his hands knowingly for Manasseh was firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has fed me all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil. Bless the lads, let my name be named upon them, and the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Now when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. So he took hold of his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head, to Manasseh's. And Joseph said to his father, Not so, my father, for this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He also shall become a people, and he also shall be great, but truly his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his descendants shall become a multitude of nations. So he blessed them that day, saying, by you Israel will bless, saying, May God make you as Ephraim, or some people say Ephraim, and as Manasseh. 
and thus he set Ephraim before Manasseh. And that brings us back to Shiloh. Why Shiloh? Because the firstborn right goes from Reuben to Joseph. Reuben loses it, Joseph gains it. Joseph gets the double portion, and the right of the firstborn goes from Joseph, not to Manasseh, but to Ephraim. And so in the territory of Ephraim, in the tribe of Ephraim, Shiloh is established. It must be the first home for the ark because Ephraim has the right of the firstborn. Though, remember it says in 1 Chronicles 5, 2, yet Judah prevailed over his brothers and from him Judah came a ruler, although the birthright was Joseph's. That's why Shiloh had to be the first dwelling place for the tabernacle of God. The firstborn right went to Ephraim. Now, the meaning of Shiloh is not certain, and there's a lot of controversy over it. The best translation seems to be that it's a contraction of the phrase meaning to whom, or that which is, to whom. In which case, Shiloh would mean to whom it belongs. It rightfully belongs in Shiloh. To whom it belongs, that which is. And it's an appropriate name given the town. And the town is first mentioned in Joshua 18.1, when they establish it. So it most likely was named because they were establishing the tabernacle there as the place where it belongs, to whom it belongs. To whom it belongs, where the tabernacle belongs, Shiloh. Where the ark belongs, Shiloh. Where the dwelling of God belongs and is, that which is where the presence of God is stored up. It belongs there. They have the birthright to it. And as I said, Joshua 18.1 is the first mention of the town. But there is a mention of the name Shiloh one of the time, not as a town, that comes before Joshua 18.1. One of the time it's mentioned, and it's mentioned almost as a name. And guess where that is? Back in Genesis 49 on Jacob's deathbed. Because when he gets down in in Genesis chapter 49, when he gets down to Judah, he says in chapter 49, verse 9, again on his deathbed, giving the prophecy, Judah is a lion's whelp. When you think of a lion, you think of a king, right? From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He bows down, he lies down as a lion, And as a lion, who shall rouse him? The scepter. What is the scepter? The scepter is the symbol of the kingship. The scepter shall not depart from Judah. The ruling authority shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes. Until Shiloh comes. This is clearly messianic when it speaks about this Shiloh coming. The NIV translates it this way. Instead of saying Shiloh, it translates it, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he comes to whom it belongs. Well, that's the translation of Shiloh, right? To whom it belongs. And the obedience of the nations is his. 
until Shiloh comes, until him to whom it belongs comes. And the Septuagint translates it along a very similar line, that that name Shiloh there means to whom it belongs. Judah would have the kingship and would remain always with the kingship until, in that line from Judah, the rightful king comes. The king who really is king from Judah to whom it belongs. We will leave our study at this point today, and we thank you for being with us. Study of God's holy word always builds up and encourages our spirits. And it would be encouraging to us here at Shir Jashub to receive feedback from our listeners. We would love to receive your comments. And may I ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the Church Fellowship Outreach of Shir Jashub Christian Tabernacle. Please send all correspondence and make out all donations to Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle. That's spelled S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B. Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. And if you are going to be in the Madison, Connecticut area, I would like to invite you to join us for Sunday worship. Shir Jashub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Town Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. Please join us for our next broadcast of Shir Jashub, which in Hebrew means, A Remnant Shall Return. <laughs>